They're like my favorite podcast to listen to. Get a sound check. Alright. Yeah. You have your laughing all over this thing. Dude, I love them. Here we go! It's the Triforce. So I just wanted to tell you guys before we started a really funny story, because we're talking about something very serious today. And I figured I would just lighten up the mood before we have to bring it all the way crashing back down. So I was talking to Nicole earlier today and we were on the phone and she's having a tough day at school. So I was just talking to her, trying to calm her down. And she goes, all of a sudden in the middle of our chat, she just goes, oh, no, no, don't worry about it. It was me. And I'm in the shower. I'm like, you know, not understanding what she meant. I'm like, okay, maybe she just like, I heard a thud and then I heard, oh, it was me. So I was thinking that she was looking out for me being like, you know, that was me. Don't worry. There's nothing like okay. no one has entered no your need, house. No need to come out of the shower. No need to panic. <laughs> no need to run your butt ass naked. Uh, <laughs> you know. So, um, so I'm like, okay, cool. So she gets to go and park, and she was talking, and then she goes, "Yeah, no, I, I just today is just really rough. You know, I, I now." I had this school day, you know, they weren't helping me out. And then all of a sudden, you know, now I had to, I just hit my car into the toll booth and now I had to go park. Wait, what? And I, <laughs> so okay. I'm like, you're going to want to rewind that a little bit. When did this happen? And she just goes like, like three minutes ago, you were just there. You were there with me for that. And I'm like, what? what? I'm like, so wait a minute. So her going, don't worry. It was me. The thud that preceded that was her car hitting the toll booth of her college. Oh <laughs> and God. she looked at the man inside the toll booth in like dead ass looked at him and went, Don't worry about it. It's me. So I <laughs> And this oh guy just let her the fuck go. Like and I'm sitting here like you just careened into a toll booth and the guy inside had no problem with that. <laughs> As if that was going to, like, console him. I know, like, and not only that, but to come out and just go, don't worry about it, it's fine, it's it just me. It's just me. <laughs> Is that, that would be me. As if he's supposed to go, like, oh, oh, thank God. Oh, it's just an earthquake. <laughs> it was an earthquake. <laughs> Oh my god. That is the hardest nat 20 someone has ever rolled for charisma in my entire, like, real life ever. We're talking about violence in video games today. Yes. Tone down. (laughs) Yes. I, I really, like, I just wanted to start off with that because that's what we are talking about. And, you know, it's, it's good to start with a laugh before we, you know drive this to the center of the earth. Right. So um, We are going from 100 to zero. <sighs> yes. So this is obviously a topic that hits home for both of us. We have both, you know, been, we've all been brought together by video games. Both of us. Like, There's only two of you here. I'm not real. We've gone over this. So I, I'm looking, I'm looking the at the... <laughs> I'm looking at the two of you, and I'm like, both of you are my friends. Right. Like, so. Colton's, Colton's been dead for forty years. <laughs> the accident wasn't your fault. <laughs> but like, Colton, you can move on. We pray. I know. Uh, so we were all brought together by video games, and it's very important to all of us. 
So, like, yeah, I mean, like, you wouldn't be getting this podcast. Yeah, quite literally, we weren't like, all if we, super nerds and here. Logged hundreds of hours of gaming together. A- absolutely, the three of us both together and <laughs> yeah, like we literally had a YouTube channel. Rest in peace. Uh, uh, yeah, we we've had two. <laughs> we've had two. We've had two together. Together, I have a single one also, yes. and then I don't know about that. I had a single we one did. for like two seconds, and you were on it for one of those I episodes. Was on it for one of those. Um, that was fun. I just rewatched that, and God, we looked so wildly different. Back yes, then. yes <laughs> that was crazy. We glowed up for sure. But, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, but the thing is that a lot of people, uh, a lot of people get, you know, the concept of playing video games and the social aspects that it has, the uh, the positive things that it has, but a lot of people like to also have their own perceptions on what the negative aspects are. And to specifically video games that either have violent content or, you know, have an interface with the player that causes them to make violent actions can have some sort of impact, people believe. Yeah, it's it's really rough because it's always the creatives that take the fall. It's always, you know, it was books, it was radio, it was movies, now it's video games. It's always the popular medium that takes the fall whenever tragedy strikes, you know? And it's, you know, maybe it does have something to do with it, maybe it doesn't, but that's what we're here to talk about today because we've we've all lived it. Like, mm-hmm. we've lived through the, well, we haven't really lived through the birth of video games, but no, we no, lived no. through the best times of video games. I've lived through the birth of everything. You have, as yes. the, You, you, you know, lived through the birth of the universe. Being that I am. Right. But Was Napoleon actually short? We don't discuss Napoleon. <laughs> he was 5'10", actually. <laughs> was he really? Yeah. We Historians have no idea where it comes from. <laughs> I think maybe he just took pictures next to tall people right. all the time. Um, Mostly he, paintings. Photography had been invented <laughs> back then. You he, he dullard. Kneeled. He was like, just, he just, he was like, just put my feet by my knees. He was a jokester. <laughs> but um, really, though, to get back on topic, I think that a lot of with the way our country runs itself nowadays. That's a um, loose term. It's <laughs> yeah, running itself. Um, is, of course, it would come down to something where for people like us, it brings massive enjoyment as a way to be like, oh, well, let's target this thing instead of what we the should be discussing in a sense of the whole violence with video games came out as a big problem with all of the mass shootings that were happening. Mm-hmm. Why are we blaming something where you should be able to see it and go, okay, this is fictional, as opposed to, I can walk to the gun shop 15 minutes from here, go in, and walk out with a gun. Right. Maybe there should be something there that's taken care of like a regulation um so yeah like (laughs) it's i i always use the speed bump argument you know i i don't think we should take guns away but we should make it harder for people who shouldn't have them to have them you know like we have a problem in this country where like if you get incarcerated for any reason if you get incarcerated for a felony you lose your right to vote and like if we can just easily take away rights like that, why can't we, you know, do something about guns, you know? It's just, it it only seems like they'll take away the rights that benefit people and not the ones that don't, you know? It's, it, I mean, that's all pure speculation, that last part, but going back to the speed bump argument, 
You know, it's not illegal to have a car. People die by car every single day. It's one of the most dangerous forms of transportation in the world, just because so many people have access to them. But we put speed bumps in schools so that people don't, you know, careen through the parking lot at 40 miles an hour and hit toll booths. So, like, or your children. It, yeah, exactly. So that's you know, that's a good thing. That's called regulation. Mm -hmm. It makes it harder to misuse the things. Don't take away the things. Make it harder to misuse the things. And right. And I think that in this administration, I think one of the more recent uh, mass shootings has caused, there's a lot of uh, talk about um, the person presiding over this country uh, decreasing some sort of uh, increasing tariffs on China and increasing tariffs on China and like getting rid of Obama era stuff that allowed like well disallowed people with mental illness to so easily get a gun right you know but they're also doing and I think this was the point that you were making um where they're trying to ban violent video games right like the uh, I know for a fact that Walmart has no problem. They have a rifle section. They literally yeah. have a section with rifles in it, but they cleared taken, their shelves of video games. They haven't cleared their shelves of video games. They cleared all violent video game advertising, right. which is... Well, there was a Walmart that cleared all of its shelves. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Probably of, in the middle of somewhere. Probably you know, where it happened. Some um, backwater. But literally, uh, <laughs> so, but that's, you know, like they're trying to take away... This thing where I there's already a regulation on video games. You know, you have yeah. to be a certain age to purchase these video That's games. That's what the ERs. E- you literally S-R-B? can't E-S-R-B. walk in as a twelve year old and go, "I'm gonna buy GTA. I'm gonna buy the Call of Duty. I'm gonna buy fucking next whatever shooting game comes out next." Mm-hmm. You know, you need to have a parent and or guardian, or you know, if you someone me, of legal age, your right. older brother. And bribe him and go, hey, I want this game and I exactly. can't buy it. I remember my mother, bless her soul, uh, would they the people at GameStop really did me no favors by listing all of the things that are in the little ESRB bubble. You know, the ESRB, right. the e, uh, whatever it stands for, is like the rating system for games based on their appropriativeness by age. And they, I remember just having to read them off and like my mom having to be there to p- purchase the game for me. She'd be like, right, so this game contains uh, extreme violence, partial nudity, drug and alcohol references. And she would just go like, great. <laughs> just really begrudgingly pay for it. So I was saying, I told Colton this earlier. I remember my stepmom came in. My brother was playing Resident Evil 4. She didn't know what games we were playing really. You know, we just kind of asked for it, and if we got it, we got it. And my brother was shooting off zombie heads in front of my little brother, and my stepmom was like, this is the game you're playing? You know, and it's like, yeah, but also, you guys purchased these video games for us. And and in no way do I think my brother would ever be like, I'm going to take a gun and just go shoot a bunch of people, Mm -hmm. because he understands that's not what you do. Yeah, there's a line, a clear line between fantasy and reality. Yeah, and like, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, so you're going to, you're going to, you know, take away the video games, but also what about people who aren't? playing video games and thinking, all right, I'm going to go shoot up a school or shoot up a club or just shoot up the nearest Walmart. Yeah, it's it's insane to think about that we we still have to have this conversation, you know, and 
you know, you were talking about your mom buying video games for you. I, I had that similar situation, but my mom actually, you know, she researched games. Anything with a gun, she was just like, no, I, I never played Goldeneye growing up. Really? I played it, uh, the first time I played Goldeneye was when I was 14. I was like, this game is fucking garbage. Because <laughs> by then, Call of Duty had come out right. already. And I was you already playing, better things. yeah, I was playing the GameCube James Bond. And I'm like, why would anyone play Goldeneye? <laughs> so it's like... Damn, I had that growing up. I had Goldeneye growing up. But like, I understood that. why everyone loved it. Because at the time, it was like so unbelievably cool. And so like unbelievably, you know, advanced. Mm-hmm. But... You know, my mom didn't. My mom didn't want that. So Carol said no. Happy absolutely. birthday to Carol. Of course, Happy we're recording birthday. this on my mom's birthday. But um, so there's a scientific debate: is that the common theory is that playing violent video games will increase aggression in young people, will cause them to make you know violent actions, mass shootings, stabbings. We'll get into a little bit. A few of them. Um, a few of them that I'm, I'm reading off of this, but um, various studies claim to support this, but other studies find that there isn't a link at all, and that, that playing violent video games does not make you more aggressive. Debate on both sides remains contentious. And there's an argument about uh, whether or not the effects of violent video games have on aggression. I didn't realize that lit up. Oh, but <laughs> I had to do my little sing- my signal there. About that study... Colt and I were actually discussing this earlier, that there was a study done where they had 12 people play a really hard video game. I can give you the source, actually. And 12 people who didn't. Mm -hmm. And the next day, they had them do a challenge, right? Yeah, it was was like a a competitive challenge. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can actually, you know, it's it's a short read, so that's easy. Um, So it's by Brad J. Bushman and Brian Gibson. Uh, experimental studies show that violent video games cause people to behave more aggressively, but how long does that effect last? And now, in most experiments, aggression is measured immediately after gameplay. The present experiment is the first to test the long-term causal effects of video games on aggression. By the flip of a coin, participants played a violent or non-violent game for about 20 minutes. Within each group, half ruminated about the game, uh, the next day, participants competed with an ostensible opponent on a competitive task with which the winner could punish the loser by painful noise blasts through headphones. Oh my gosh. I know, right? Results show that violent video games increased aggression 24 hours later, but only among men who ruminated about the game. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know what ruminated means, it basically means obsessed, right. you know? So, rumination keeps aggressive thoughts, feelings, and behavioral tendencies active. And that is my main takeaway from this. If players ruminate about violence in a game, the aggression-stimulating effects of the game persist long after it has been turned off. Okay. Now, what I take away from this is it's not actually the game that's doing that. That is, you know, that is an obsessive person, an obsessive and angry person playing a game you know Mm -hmm. that's the first part is very very important to remember if you're obsessive you're going to think about things for a long time okay hello cat um so when i play smash brothers for instance you know i get salty of course i get salty i get three stocked i get bodied all the time online you turn off the game be angry about it for 20 minutes, and then you forget about it. 
You know? Like, you just take a break from it. Mm-hmm. Go back. You know, with Sekiro, you probably do the same thing. I, I wasn't going to talk about it, but you brought me here. Um, <laughs> you really, uh, really got to do them like that. That's the entire point of the Soulsborne series, is it is very difficult. And it's yeah. meant to be done again and again and again and fail and try and fail again. But when you do it, like, well, actually, when elation. you... When you finish it, I don't even know if it's elation. I think it's just like bittersweet. Like, oh, we're done. Finally. Oh my god. I can't even I be like happy about this. It's like the the Cuphead thing. Yeah. Like they made Cuphead to be so like annoyingly difficult and a million things happening on screen. And like I've played it and like could not get through like the first level and yeah. like had to stop playing. But I wasn't. I you know you're mad for like a few minutes and then you calm down and you just go okay. Let's go. Right. Try it again. Here we are. <laughs> you got this, Mac. Like, you just, you gotta come back in. You gotta come back swinging. Yeah. But, like... I mean, it, that's what, uh, I had a lot of that in Bloodborne and Sekiro. Like, I, I actually made a, a point to keep track of my attempts of a certain boss. I traced a certain boss 36 times. Oh, my God. Right. And I'm currently on a, a boss with three health bars that has been smacking me down in Sekiro and it, it inspires just that it just feels like frustration because yeah. I feel like games are built on this whole effort equals progression equals reward right so like the more effort you put in the farther through the game you get and the more happy chemicals your brain gets so if you but, can't do that it has like increased frustration yeah but at the same time you know I feel like it kind of backs up whereas once you actually get the happiness because you've put in so much effort, the happiness is that much more potent. But people have, you know, no patience nowadays. Mm-mm. If I, it, I even find myself falling victim to this. If I'm not good at something immediately, I'm a failure. Ah. Move on to something next. You know, like that's. I mean, case in point, I've had five YouTube channels. So like, stick to the point. Stick to what you're good at. Because exactly. That releases the dopamine. Of course. If I can make a a point here, if you guys, if either one of you played Undertale. Yes, a little bit. No. Okay, so I actually just did a, a playthrough with my fiance, with Angela, and um, we did the true pacifist run. And the whole point is that it's about patience. And you have um, this character, Flowey, who's pretty much telling you, well, how, how long can you keep that up for? How long till you get up to a boss that you can't talk your way out of? And you, you're going to want to fight them. You're going to want to attack them. You're going to have to kill somebody eventually. And, like, the whole point of that game is to, yeah, it's really, it's, there are some of those bosses where, like, they're throwing every single thing at you. And, like, you know, I wasn't the one playing, but Angela was dying and dying and dying and being like, oh, I'm so frustrated. But that's the point of the game is to be frustrating enough to make you want to kill these characters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you can beat it without doing that. You can spare or mercy every single thing that you run into. And that's. The point. So that's like where you're saying, oh, I have no patience if I fa- if I fail immediately, like I'm a failure. That's it. There's, you know, I, I, there's no trying it again. Yeah. But that's the whole point with a game like Undertale where, yeah, sure, you are more than welcome to do a genocide run. You're more than welcome to kill everything in your And it's probably so much easier. <laughs> no, probably, probably not. Um, <laughs> until you get to Sans. Until you get to Sans. Because Sans, <laughs> you can't hit him until his literal last move. So you have to literally go through a entire fight before you can hit him. He has one HP. Oh my god. Just just for those wondering. He has one health. Amazing. 
but he is the hardest boss in the game. He is the most difficult one to fight, but that's exactly it. And if you do the pacifist run, you don't have to fight him. Yeah. But everybody else, you know, you have to spend time after time after time after time figuring out, okay, what is it that I have to say to this character? How, mm-hmm. And, like, you have to be patient. And that's that's one of my, my things with video games nowadays where you were saying where it's like you're supposed to, you know, effort equals, you know, progression equals reward. I mean, and a... people are expecting, okay, well, I did one fight, so where's my reward right now? Right. And it's like, no, you... The effort can't always be, oh, I put this little minimal effort into it. Where's Jesus Christ is I like fucking every <laughs> time. Fine. Stop being Italian. <laughs> okay. But like, you know, you need to put in a large amount of effort to get to those bigger rewards. Right. And it, I think a good quote from SpongeBob is applicable here. You're supposed to have oh fun God. with these things, not torture yourselves with them. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I, I really... I do think that a lot of this is because of games. I mean, I'm about to sound like every like 45 year old mom on Facebook right now. Really? It's like Call of Duty. It's like Fortnite. It's like even Overwatch. It's like Smash Brothers. It's you go in, play a quick game, get out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a start to finish thing in two and a half minutes and you're done. You know, and. I mean, with Smash Brothers, yes, you need a lot of effort in those two and a half minutes. But if you're just going on to have a good time, no, you don't. If you're just going on to play Call of Duty, it's the same thing over and over again. Two and a half minutes, you're in, you're out. Fortnite, same thing. Oh, longer, but you're in, you're out. So it's like people don't want to sit down and put effort into games anymore. And that's why I think these games are getting so popular because you don't have to put that much effort into it. You could just go in there, play a game and get out. And if you're not immediately good at it, you feel like you lose the whole game. You know, like you lose a match in overwatch. You feel like you lose the whole game, you know, and you get that over and over and over again. And it frustrates people. You sure do, especially in comp. Exactly. But there are people out there who stick and obsess on stuff like that. They just need to win it. And it's those people who harp and obsess over losing like that that turn into these people. This is a hot take for me. Right. So it's like, you know, it's up to parents nowadays to teach your kids that it's okay to lose at a game be a because it is involved. a game. Yeah. Be more and don't let the game raise your kids because if you're letting kids raise other kids, did you ever sit in a Call of Duty chat room no. on Xbox 360? I did. I was there, Gandalf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I did not play any of those games growing up. So I, I can't okay. Really. Honestly, good for you, honestly. Yeah, because, really. Yeah. It, it, it was a, listen, the amount of people that have supposedly slept with my mother is insane yes. over Xbox 360. Yeah, no, so I, like, re, I witnessed a person say to a much younger individual that he wished that his, he found his mother's head under his Christmas tree on Christmas morning. Oh my fucking God. Okay, that I one can, stuck with me. I can say I have heard shit like that from Overwatch. Exactly. I have heard a lot of that through Good Overwatch. job, Junkrat. A lot of this is very... Over overarching and this kind of perseverance and this kind of obsession can cause some people to do some crazy things. So, exactly. And I think I'm going to read off a few of them that yes. I found here. So on the 22nd of November, 1997, Noah Wilson, age six, uh, 13 died with when his friend Yancey stabbed him in the chest with a chicken, uh, 
chicken knife. A chicken knife? That's, I own that. I own a chicken knife and specifically for killing chickens. I'm coming for you, you feathered fuck. Um, Chuck, no. Uh, alleged her son was stabbed to death because of an obsession with the 1995 Midway game Mortal Kombat 3. So yes. Mortal Kombat is definitely one of those games that has achieved this kind of like per, this kind taboo, of taboo like royalty among the violent video games. What like was the fatalities and it such. definitely wasn't the first one, but it was the most graphic at the time. You know, the Sega Genesis was capable of so many good things and such detail for its time that you know that that was really the one that was really the one where everyone started blaming video games for shit like. And then you think about it, like, there were games like Ghost, Ghosts and Goblins, which was, like, the bloodborne of its time. Yes. You know? So, it's like, it's bananas. Uh, you, yes. I have my, Surely my, bananas. You have the talking rupee. I have my, my talking. Is this a rupee? <laughs> it's this a rupee. rupee. It's I lit rupees. it up. But, um, <laughs> actually, it, this is something from my childhood, and maybe you guys can fill me in. Mm-hmm. So, I grew up, I have three brothers. Fun, fun fact, I right. have three brothers. And my oldest brother was obsessed with WWE. <laughs> to the point where he would be doing the moves on people. Right. And, like, I've never seen wrestling get shit on for kids being violent, you know? And I understand like, that it's... the mere existence but of it's fake, right? Like, you know, I know yeah. that it's faked, mm-hmm. but, like... You know, I remember my brother fighting me and being like, no, it's real, it's real, it's real. I'm going to do all of these moves and him doing them on me and my brother and my little brother. And, you know, right. with no, like, concept of, oh, wow, that really hurts. And maybe people aren't going to get up from that if I, like, actually do that and possibly snap their neck. Right. You know? Right. But I've never seen, like, you know, as much of an uproar against that than against video games. But video games are actual fiction. As opposed to, I'm watching real people, you know, fight each other. And and you guys, I don't know if you guys watch wrestling. I surely didn't, but maybe you guys could explain why that wouldn't be as shit on as, like, me sitting down to play, like, I don't know. I fucking play Minecraft, man. Like, I'm not out here killing people. It has its own kind of brushes with the... The media. Video game violence, like, vitriol, like, of their end. Like, oh, you know, my son is now paralyzed because my other son gave him a stone-cold stunner in the middle of our (laughs) living room and thought that was a good idea. Listen, uh, big ups to my friend, uh, younger brother Tommy, because I used to fucking throw that kid around his room but he would ask me he would ask me to do it i would go over to his place to watch wrestling and i did the same shit so it's 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 something it's there we have this sort of imitational factor there which is i think it's now we have to kind of draw this kind of barrier between violent video games and violent media because a lot of those things also kind of find their ways into the argument i remember uh that a lot of people blamed mass shootings on things like Marilyn Manson and South Park and the how easy it was to get a toy gun and all this crazy Which stuff. Which is insane to me now that you bring it up. It's so... People are like, oh yeah, it's so easy to get a toy gun. Why... We shouldn't ban the real ones, though. Right, the yeah. ones with the actual killing power. Because they're our constitutional right, Colton. But, like, you know... <sighs> This was also created during a time where the firing rate of the standard gun was one bullet per minute. Like, it's... 
I would go for like a minute 45. Maybe. Like, it takes were, a while for that ramrod to come listen, out. Listen, if you were great with a musket, like, and this was also the time, this was also the time where we were under constant imperial threat mm-hmm. because we were a brand new country. Right. We are now the leading dominant power in the world. How the what fuck the we- Fuck that one off. We were we were doing our own imperialism, but then we we also faced our own. Exactly. I get, I get what you mean. But like, what the fuck do we need we that were, for? We were hunting for our own food. We were scared of natives, uh, who were uh, whose land we were on, and land we, we were rightfully the, so. Honestly, we were, we were scared of the British, which in and of itself is hysterical. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the gun argument comes up a lot, especially with first person shooter games been a while you know grand theft auto has been getting in hot water since it arrived of course i mean that that game i kind of get you know because that's that's as close to real as a game will get you know Mm -hmm. except when you put in the fucking cheat codes but like it's you know i could see where that would draw a problem because a kid could look at that and go oh i could just go do this in real life you know i could just go clothesline an old woman on the street like it's but at the same time, you know, the fact that you have a controller in your hand should, like, a parent should be like, this is fiction. You know, this is no different than watching a movie. This is no different than reading a book. This is not a real, well, unless the book or movie is about a real situation. But this is no different than, you know, watching an animated movie or, like, stuff like that. It's it's fake. You know, this is not to be emulated in real life. And... Again, we brought up the ESRB all the time. We literally went through this. Mortal Kombat. Tipper Gore, yeah. Yeah. Like, Mortal Kombat was the progenitor game for the ESRB's creation. It was the reason why it came out. And for a while, we were doing great. So, you know what? Maybe it's not the fucking games. Mm -hmm. Like, there was a Call of Duty 1, a 2, a 3, a 4. Like, it was... It wasn't... We weren't having this mass shooter problem until like Black Ops Three. So what the fuck? I mean, well, I obviously we had that, we, because... but we didn't have it nearly as frequently. Uh, well, there are ones that are you know that I feel like you're kind of skipping over that were relatively high profile. Yeah, though they were very high profile ones, because but they, they were, were happening so infrequently. I yeah, they were few and far between. Right, because on April twentieth of nineteen ninety nine, obviously the very famous. Um, high school shooting um, uh, was apparently uh, the shooters themselves were obsessed with the video game Doom, which is yes. very, very, very old, probably older than the era that I think you're talking about. And there was a, a a false rumor that they had created their own level in Doom that looked like the high school and that they practiced their shooting with. Um, that's debated still, but it, a lot of media attention after the um after that particular shooting went on to video games and especially right. first person shooter I was gonna games say, like there Doom. was an episode of a TV show that I really liked I think it was NCIS where I think that might have been the shooting that they were referencing where mm-hmm. they had these kids had kidnapped a bus of students and they had turned the school into pretty much like a video game level and had them solve puzzles and get weapons and made these kids kind of have to kill each other Mm. and they were teenagers who had pulled this whole thing off because to them it was they were playing a video game they were controlling these students like characters and they were getting angry and upset the way you would if you were playing a video game not like 
you just killed your friend and your friend is dead. Mm-hmm. That's like a dissociation from reality, though. And I yeah. think that's what we're always seeing here. You know, we're not seeing video games inspiring the violence. We're seeing dissociative people, you know, equating life to the triviality of a video game. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it really just, again, I'm going to put the put the fallback back on the parents. It's be involved in your child's life. You know, if they're if they don't seem like they're connected to reality, don't just put that to the side. Like when I was growing up. I mean, the two of you know, but I I have Asperger's and ADHD, you know, it was it was hard growing up, you know, it was hard figuring out what my brain does and why. But my mom was so on it. My mom got me everything I needed. My grandmother taught me, you know, how to act in a normal situation. And my mother was like, this is how you should also look at it in case you get frustrated with that. So it was them dedicating the time and really helping me out and because of that you know i can kind of look past that which is like it takes 30 seconds yeah it takes 30 seconds for a parent to be like and it goes back to you can go even further like even back we talked about how D was the progenitor of video games right i think you right. were the first person to say that right yes uh back then they thought it was all you know a satanic cult but if you literally took 30 seconds to read the manual of a D&D game, you'd be like, well, you see over here, the Goblin King is, uh, you know, like, so well, you if, know. You, if you literally take the computer that is in your pocket and type in, you know, uh, Fort Swaggy 69, 420, whatever the new hot video game comes out. And if it's like its premise is like. Uh, you play as a domestic terrorist and you're doing X, Y, and Z, but your kid's like, no, everyone's playing it. Like, no, you just say no. You yeah. just say no. Your kid crying and screaming about it is not worth them going and committing crimes. Like, it's, you know... <sighs> Recently, I heard a news story about a woman who figured out that his her son was planning a school shooting um, before he had even uh, before he had even acted on it. She had turned him into the police. Good. She's like, it hurt, you know, obviously it kills me to do that, to, you know, put my kid in jail, but, like, I don't want other people to die. But fucking good, you know? Yeah. I, oh, I was gonna go say, because I know, like, and with, like, piggybacking off of that, like, I know for a while, and I, I have this in my notes of things that we were gonna discuss, where, um, with that, that, you know, unable to dissociate what's like, you know, oh, this is fiction, this is reality, you know, he's planning a shooting because... X, Y, and Z, a lot of it turned into, oh, the kid's being bullied. That's why he's doing it. Mm. Or this. And it's like, no. No. Actually, I was bullied a lot. So was I. I was mm-hmm. suicidal for six, seven long years. And I never once was like, I'm going to go to the corner store, go get a gun. Like, you know, time to shoot up the school. Like, no. Mm-hmm. You know, and it is a big mental health. Thing that I think a lot of people skip over or you know America goes oh they're mentally ill when they don't want to take credit for what is happening exactly mm-hmm. it literally is the mental illness card is such a you know it's such a it's a scapegoat mental illness is a scapegoat and there's no other way of saying it I'm listening to another podcast it's called last podcast on the left I love them and the one of the hosts was like he said something that was really like really important and really important for me to hear and really important for me to say. He said that mental health 
is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. I agree exactly, 100%. You know? Sorry, I'm trying Don't to mind that we're just rehydrating here. That's another thing. It's also your responsibility to be hydrated. Yes, please hydrated. take care of yourself. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, as somebody who has, I have quite a few mental disabilities and disorders, it's very, it's not on the media or anything like that to take care of me. It is on me to do it. It is on me to go, these are my set issues. Or if you have a child and you think, oh, okay, maybe there is some issue here that is, you know, a responsibility to go and be like, okay, let's go get them checked out. Let's go figure it out. And, you know, it's, that's not the parent's fault. Right. You know, it's, it's not the parent. And again, I'd like to extend that to the parents, you know, it's not your fault. Your child has a mental illness, but until they can take care of themselves, it's your responsibility. You know, so whenever I see these things where it's like, oh, I bought my kid this game and now he's thinking of all this stuff. That's your fault. Fix it. Can you I know, like, can I slide a little bit of humor into this depression sandwich? Sure. Here? Because I feel like your the actions of parents, like the consequences of not parenting your kids to this point where they can or or being there and being present in their mental health struggle. um the consequences might not immediately present themselves. Yeah. Like, as immediately as I saw a parent screw up monumentally when I went to go see Deadpool in theaters. So it turns out that this family had seated themselves in the theater in a rated R movie full of their children. And I'll tell you, as soon as Ryan Reynolds started getting pegged, they were up and out of that theater because... They were like, oh, I thought this was a Marvel movie. I thought this was a superhero movie. But no. If you had done literally any research, no. you would have you would have Googled and found out, oh, this movie is rated R because Ryan Reynolds takes it up the butt at one point in yeah. the movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> or even like if you're I know I don't know if they still do it. I don't know. When I was growing up, if my dad wanted to take us to an R-rated movie, they would at the ticket booth tell you this is everything that happens in the movie. Are oh, you okay with your kid? You know, well, it was, they were supposed to do it. No way. There's it no was way part of the, now. oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if that was still the thing that happened, but that's what they were supposed to do. Just like I had read an article of someone who worked at GameStop and their mom, like a mom had come in to purchase GTA and, you know, she was like, you know, just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, my kid wants this. And she was, like, talking to the guy about it. And he was like, oh, are you, like, you know, buying this for, like, your kid? And she was like, yeah, I don't know. He was, like, really into it. I don't really know what it's about. And he, and he like, turned around. And he was like, how old's your kid? And she was like, oh, he's, like, 10. And he was like, do you know what this game's about? And she was like, no. And he was like, do you mind if I, like, tell you? And he told her. He was like, you know, this is all the stuff that happens in it. This is, like, the plot. Here's the mechanics. She went do. home, packed up everything. And sold it all back to GameStop because her son had been lying to her about what these games were about. Normally, I'm not interested in that approach, but good for her. Honestly, yeah. And then she bought a, I think she bought like a Wii for the family. Like ah! she sold his Xbox and stuff back and got like a Wii for like Wii. the Little Borts. <laughs> Little Jimmy, you're about to play some Zumba. We about to play tennis up in this shit. But like. But that in itself is frustrating. That fucking tennis game. Oh. 
I don't know. Don't get started. Listen, man, I played a lot of Wii Sports. We didn't. That's the thing. I also, like, I growing up wasn't into super violent video games, unless you want to talk about, like, Kingdom Hearts being violent, but that's got Disney in it, so how violent can you really feel about it? Minus all the times I died and had to hear, you're never taking Kyrie's heart, because that's frustrating (laughs) and in itself might make you want to stab somebody. But to get back on a more serious note of it, it's, you know, to the parent thing about mental health. My parents did not know I was severely depressed. I did not tell them. I did not let it, you know, out. Because, you know, when you're like this, you don't think anybody's going to want to help you. And you're trying to figure it all out on your own. How do I explain to you how I feel when I don't know how I feel? Exactly. So I understand that. I'm. Not, that's why I'm saying it's not the parents' fault if you know, your kid goes out and does something and you were unaware that they had a problem because they're not making it known to you? Because what are you going to do? Be a helicopter parent? Yeah. Because that makes them not want to tell you anything. Mm -hmm. And if you're too loose of a parent, they think they can get away with anything. It's very hard on the parent to be put in a situation where they have to, all right, with how our, you know fucking countries running i have to monitor everything that my child is doing i have to monitor everything they're watching on youtube playing on the you know on the computer on this oh my my son is a tablet i gotta monitor what's on the tablet on top of you know making sure that they're you know understanding everything else that they you know are supposed to like grasp right in order to catch those times where you you know those pockets where you'll eventually slip through the cracks content is going to slip through the cracks yeah i mean listen we used to when i went to school all the stuff i wasn't allowed to watch at home where do you think we were watching it right lunch in the computer lab but yeah we had to use the computer lab we didn't have smartphones yeah but Ah! (laughs) yeah exactly which i'd like to uh i'd like to bring up we have smartphone technology now parents like if you're listening to this you have and you taught me this Oh, you have the Library of Alexandria in your pockets all right. at all um, times. Too soon. Too soon. At all times. You can literally, in 30 seconds, look up an entire game, the entire plot synopsis. You can watch somebody play the whole fucking game. I was about to say, you're going you're gonna to find a Markiplier playthrough of it exactly. somewhere. Exactly. PewDiePie probably touched it at one point. <laughs> <laughs> Which automatically means you should run away. Yeah, but, like, you can literally watch somebody play everything. You know, anything and everything that's online. Hell, fucking watch our streams! You know, like, we play games! If you're interested to know whether your child's video game is violent, uh, DM us on Twitter. Yeah, listen, (laughs) like, no joke if, like, you just send me a DM and I will literally tell you everything about the game. Because that's who I am as a person. We're here for you. The Triforce is. is here for you, parents. Honestly, you know, we try so you don't have to. Uh, uh, so like yeah, I mean Colton, I remember you introducing me to a game called Mad World, which is single-handedly yes. one of the more, even though it is in black and white, it's uh, the old the other color uh, presented in its palette is red, um, just <laughs> r- bright, dark vibrant yeah. red. Damn. It's really true. Uh, so and a lot of these games are so easily accessible, and that's why I want to talk about the act. <laughs> that's why I want to talk about the um, the effect that it's having on kids. More specifically. Yes. Um, I believe at one point you had worked with children. Uh, I, still, I still do work with children. And 
the biggest rise I see, and this is the thing that, so in my classrooms, I have been uh, dubbed as the anti-dab guy. I have a strong anti-dabbing policy in my classroom. If you dab, don't, don't do it. <laughs> Mr. Pensa walks in. If anybody dabs, that's a detention. Right, exactly. Immediate expulsion. <laughs> no, so I, I, when I was, uh, if I was working with younger children, I would turn around and I would give them a 30 second window to dab as furiously as they would like to, uh, to get it all out of their system. That's fucking insane. Um, um, I love and, that. you know, I also had, you know, these kind of, these children that are imitating this new, these new waves of video games, I feel like are moving away-ish from how violent they were in like very recent times. Yeah. I don't think that there's like right now, like a great, big, incredibly violent, gory video game that's going on at the moment like all the games nowadays like even fortnite the biggest game for kids right now that's there's what no wanted, blood that's what i wanted to talk about fortnite guns first person shooter yes obviously but i don't feel as much i am also known as the anti-fortnite guy i mean as like, you rightfully should fortnite is not allowed in my house you can't even talk about it in my house Good. and if i'm teaching adolescent out. students and i'm ranking on fortnite you know they they get upset they do get upset but also there's a, a huge issue with I, you know, obviously you you said what gets you a detention? Fortnite dancing gets you a fucking detention in my classroom. There will be no care. flossing. No, there's, there's none of that. Your teeth will be rotted for all I care. But the thing is, I don't feel like like back in my like this is speaking back to like what you said about your brother imitating like wrestling moves. Like we talked about a stabbing that was uh inspired by Mortal Kombat, which was you know. It's copying a fatality. There's this concept of like mimicry that we were talking about earlier. Right. And I feel like there's a kind of not as, I mean, obviously, new Call of Duties come out because um, their companies who run them don't know how to make games and they just shit out the, a new game for that is the same thing, basically. Over and over again. With a new famous person in the campaign and yeah. uh, that you're going to play for like 40 seconds before you devote all of your time to multiplayer for no guy, for no reason other than to be the best there ever was uh, at shooting people. Yeah. That's mean. it. So other than Call of Duty, which is like a long and storied uh, violent video game, quote unquote, I don't really see that there's anything that, you know, I mean, uh, what, what else do you got? Like Overwatch, Splatoon, like, you know. Uh, Minecraft came back as a thing. Yeah. Minecraft, I was. Did I, it ever go away? No, but it, it became like super popular again, which yeah, I, know, I think honestly was because of PewDiePie, sadly. I'm sorry, I hate him. Yeah. We the, can go ahead spoiler, and say anti PewDiePie podcast. Yeah, we're. Yeah. Don't we're, sub to PewDiePie. Don't sub to PewDiePie. But like, you know, even with Minecraft, Minecraft has added a bunch of new quote-unquote violent elements where you can get like randomly attacked by these things called pillagers who go and guess what they do they pillage the village pillage that village they pillage the village they kill every all the like npcs who don't fight and like you know take over their their shit Mm -hmm. so you know like yeah like even games like that there's violence but it's never like in the games that I've seen today, because I don't, I don't actually know any of the games that are coming out, because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm an old lady. Right. But like, you know what I mean? Like, there's not like when we were growing up, where you had games like Call of Duty or Halo or what? Uh, my roommate plays this shooting game, and it's like hmm. you, I don't know what it is. He could probably tell me, but I'm not gonna ask him. 
but like you know you are in war and you you can make your own character mm-hmm. that's customizable and you go in and you are it's very realistic like battlefield no i don't know i don't know i don't know might be but like you have to like yeah. the bullets arch if you're sniping and shit like that it's very realistic to I how see. guns work and things like that so it's almost like you have a game like that where it's like oh okay not only is this violent af because it's war but we're also going to show your kids guns you can't just shoot them straight if you shoot them well you're not shooting that guy so it's kind of like this like weird thing of yeah it's not as violent as let's say call of duty is where you're online doing multiplayer and getting screamed at and mm-hmm. people are screwing your mom or whatever they used to say used to horrible things but you know but you're also now getting this okay but here's like a realistic way that guns work so if you are gonna shoot somebody here's what you need to it's know it's like almost like a training simulator yeah and like my roommate literally yeah t- this morning was telling me that he was like oh i'm gonna create like a, a shoot card for where I need to aim to be able to kill people from this distance. And I was just like... Yikes. And I'm like, oh, um, these are games that people can, like, kids can get their yes. hands on. Which yeah. uh, gets into a real quick point of, parents, don't put your card on the on the systems, because then the kids oh. can just purchase whatever game they want, and they don't need your, your permission, really. They can just lie and say, yes, I'm 18 purchasing this game, if your credit mm-hmm. card is attached to you. Because yeah, you can right. do that on PlayStation. Don't know about Xbox, probably yes, on you Xbox. Can. Um, you can do it on all modern systems, yes. Yeah, so like that's what I'm like. You... I've unfortunately done it for the Switch. So <laughs> The Switch I have isn't even mine and I put my credit card on. <laughs> so um, I did take it off. You recently. win again, Doug Bowser. But like that's what I'm saying. Like this is, it's almost like you're saying, like a training simulator where, oh, okay. So it's not just like in Call of Duty where I just have to like, it's, oh, um, okay. So if I'm up on this hill, I have to arch my gun a little bit more to shoot the enemy because he's 450 feet away from me and I need to be able to do this. And it's a little scary. Yeah. Doing physics at that point. like. But at the same time, I feel like that could also be beneficial to kids because what you just said, you're doing physics. You're teaching kids to be smarter. But, but, but wait a minute. Whoa, 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 hang on. This is this is obviously just pure speculation for me. Uh-huh. But the kids that can separate fantasy from reality, you know, that they're like, okay, I'm only killing fictional people. Right. You know, I'm not going to take this out of here. But it's training them to be calculating and cunning and it's making them intelligent. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like right. puzzle games, kind of. I mean, I, I can see where you're coming from, but I don't agree. I feel like at that, like at that point, like I remember uh, a famous person saying once something about like, okay, so there's, here's, here's the scenario for you, buddy. Yes. There's a thousand snakes on your front step. Oh, that's unfortunate. Okay. And 300 (laughs) of those snakes are friendly and they're going to not attack you. Are you opening your door? (laughs) That's a good point. I mean, can can I like throw in my favorite one? Just like a, a, please. Yes. If I'm right handed and I punch you with my left hand, did I punch you? What? I don't know how that works here. If I'm right-handed, right? Yeah. And I punch you with my left. Yeah. Did I hit you? Yeah, you jabbed. No. Someone tried to make the argument, right? Along with that, of would you open your door to all of these uh-huh. snakes? Because percentage of them aren't, are, you know, friendly. Right. Tried Good to make people. an argument of something like, oh, well, okay. 
So if I'm right-handed, I punch you with my left, I didn't punch you, because if a video game is violent... Oh, okay. ...and I didn't go out and shoot anybody, how is the video game violent? That's a good point. You, know? you understand, like, does that make sense where I'm, like, it's, going it's with that? Chilling. I get, yeah. uh, it's not there yet, but I, it's, I get I, you I under, what you mean. That, I know that, what you mean. But that's the argument people make. I make the, the joke of if I'm right-handed, I punch you with my left hand, I didn't punch you. Yes, you got punched. The same way of, okay, if Colton thinks Call of Duty is violent, right? Uh-huh. And Colton goes, Call of Duty is the reason that kids are out there shooting up schools. Uh-huh. That's Colton's opinion. Right. But me and you might go... I've never shot up a school. We've never shot up a school, and we played Call of Duty, so Call of Duty's not violent. That's, like, the the petty argument, is what I'm saying. Like, where it's, we as adults and people with brains can sit here Mm -hmm. and go, no, Call of Duty is a violent game. We're not out shooting people, but that doesn't make the game any less violent. Uh It's the same way where I can sit there and go... You can play Minecraft and make it very peaceful. Minecraft has mobs. Minecraft has fighting. You're going to fight people. It's violent. There is violence in it. Right. The swords. And there, and yeah. And there are, it's like my brother playing Resident Evil. It's a violent game. You are shooting things. You're killing things. But it doesn't make the person playing it Okay. I violent. see what you're saying. You get where I get I'm, what you're you saying. understand. It's a causality what... argument. Like, yeah. Uh, people kill people in video games. Don't make yeah. them kill people. People don't kill people. Guns kill people. Right. You get what I mean? Like, people, like, saying that, oh, well, yeah. you know, like, someone was trying to say guns don't kill people. Actually, you know... That was I, that was an argument recently. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yes, in the news, I do remember that. Where guns don't kill people. People kill Who people. Who shot... Yes. I understand, you know, yes, if I shot the gun, I killed that person, but how did they die? Oh, the gun I got that took me 10 minutes to go to the store and get. Right, which was specifically designed for one purpose. Mortar. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I have a good argument for that, too. This is an argument. I'm going to bring it back to cars. I could go out and hit somebody with my car on purpose, completely run them down in the middle of the street. Right. Are they going to ban cars? No. Yep. Just for you. Exactly. Just for Colton Murray. No, they're not going to ban cars. But we have a thing in place here for cars. We have a class. We have a license. We have registration. We have insurance. And we have laws in place. We have laws in place for use. So it's like, can we, I don't know, get maybe one of those fucking things for guns? Like, I know you can get a gun license, but I could take a 48-hour class and get a pistol license in a heartbeat. Right. Why know, not a background check? Do you know how long it takes to get a gun in Japan? How long? Like six, six months. months. Yeah. And by that time, again, I'm going to bring it back to the thing of Americans have no fucking patience. If it took six months to get a gun, the people who would want to get it for nefarious purposes would, they would shit out like three months, three months into the process. They would just be like, this isn't fucking worth it. Or they would just go to the black market. That's yeah. Fine. But it's so much fucking harder to do that. Yeah. But do you know, like, so I don't know. If you have to put in effort to get a gun, it immediately becomes less dangerous. I don't know if you saw the the chart of how many shootings have happened, like, in each country. Yeah. Japan's at zero. Yeah. Because what they do, every, like, year, I think it is, like, a police officer comes around and checks to where you're storing your guns, to where you're storing your ammo. They have you sign a thing, and then they are on their way. 
I don't think that we should, and I've said this multiple times, I don't think that guns need to be taken away. No, I never. think that guns, just there needs to be gun control or gun regulation. And, you know, I know that our fearless leader is <laughs> not about that. Yeah, he's certainly fearless. But like, you. you know, you're standing behind gates and security guards and, you know, walls of things meant to protect you. If I have a kid and they're in a high school, my high school had one security guard. One. Yeah. And he was asleep 98% Bro, of the time. I was a security guard at a high school. If someone came in with a gun, I wouldn't have the slightest clue what to do in that situation. Right. All right? Like, come on. We need to put speed bumps in place because the people who are getting guns on impulse will not stick around to get one. Mm. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's got to be some kind of there, like you said, like you've been you've been saying the words regulation on podcast. Yes, got to be some there. There has to be an uh, some kind of we way to get voting regulations to get guns to the general public. Because I am uh, as you know, as sort of left as I try to be, which is very uh, oppressively left. Uh, I don't think that you know these people that are saying ban all guns like that would no be, they're not that right. would be the same broad stroke as saying ban all video games ban yes. all cars exactly it, it doesn't make any sense that's not the problem at all it just needs to be and I'll I'll say this as clearly as possible the only people committing these shootings are getting guns and doing this on impulse right and it, it seems... needs to be harder to get a gun on impulse. It That's it. Shouldn't take you fifteen minutes at Walmart. I exactly. Agree. It needs to be harder for people to impulsively buy a gun. If you're impulsively buying something and it takes you two months to do it, by the time you get it, you're like, I don't actually really want this. Right. You know, like I've never went on like the fucking marketplace on Let Go or some shit and been like, you know what? I'm gonna wait two months to get this thing. Right. You know, I like want the shotgun. Exactly. You know, it's an impulse, and someone like myself who is extremely impulsive like if i were to be so angry or so upset that i needed to go buy a gun if someone told me i needed to wait three weeks i'd be like yeah sure i'll wait three weeks by week one by the end of week one i'd be like yeah i'm over it right like it's it literally Patience saves lives. But if the people who are willing to be patient are still receiving this, I mean, there's got to be some kind of background. There's got to be a background. Of course, be a background exactly. Check. There is a mental health check. Uh, I mean, I don't think I personally think that anybody who has been uh, accused, investigated, whatever, um, convicted, <clears throat> if you did, like if, voting, like being a felon. <clears throat> if you, yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think. <laughs> felons you know ex-cons should have you know the same rights as everybody else in regards to that because they get so many other rights taken away and they've done their time but i think that if you're you know if you're convicted if you're suspected if you have domestically abused your partner i do not believe you should have access if you have any violent crimes on your records you should not be able to buy a gun i agree i would like to interject real fast what's on your list it's it's actually a point that Kind of falls off off this one here, but Mm -hmm. I think it needs to be said. If you have a gun in your house, your kid can get to it. You need to be following the, I don't know if it's a law. I think it used to be a law. It might still be a law. Where if you have a gun 
and you need it stored, you have to have a gun safe. You have to have the gun in the gun safe. Right. The ammo needs to be stored outside of the gun, either in a separate location or at least like in a separate part of that safe. Yeah. Right. My fiance's dad is a hunter. He mm-hmm. has a rifle because he is a hunter. And like he literally has his gun in a safe, ammo out, all the pieces are like undone. Like you would have to take the time to put everything back in if he wanted to shoot somebody. Right. And it's all and stored that, away it's a from everything. Rifle. It's so much harder to go on a killing spree with a bolt action rifle than it no, is with an the, actual murder weapon. But the point weapon. I'm saying is like if you have a gun in your house What's stopping your kid from if you just... My mom used to have a little gun, maybe like this big, mm-hmm. in her nightstand. What was stopping me from going and taking it? Ammo fully loaded. Exactly. A drawer. A drawer that I could open. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, you know, it was tucked underneath things and really hidden. It was just in the back of the drawer. You know what I mean? Like That's insane. It is your... Your responsibility as the gun owner right. to have it stored properly. And if, it, if it's if it's there's a crossover in this situation at all, if there's someone who has a child that like really likes these kinds of games and has this kind of access to their parents' firearms, the recipe for... For, for disaster, yeah. So that's like, I think, on top of, you know, the... Yes, there needs to be regulation. There needs to be background checks, and I, I maybe it doesn't have to be a six month waiting period. No, but like it there can needs be to be a month. Like there needs to be because if you're dead set on doing a shooting, right? And as someone who's never thought of shooting people, I can't imagine how your brain would function mm-hmm. for that. And you were told, yeah, sure, you can get a gun, but you have to wait like two months. Are you still going to have that same passion to do this attack in two months? That kind of attack passion, it boils out, you know? Like, it's a really intense, really sharp, but for a really short period of time. I also think it needs to be a limited, like, what gun you can get. Of course. Because there's no reason you can walk into a Walmart and buy an AK-47. Like, absolutely the fuck not. I mean, I think the most recent, uh, you know boogeyman in the accessible gun world has been the AR-15. Yeah, well, that's it's basically a rifle yeah. meant for people. Who it are... is a weapon of war. Yeah. And a hunting rifle is not a weapon of war. A pistol is not a weapon of war. Mm-hmm. Not even a shotgun can be a weapon of war. But if you have like a two, like a, a fucking double barrel, that's for defending your right. house. That's, you know, that's if somebody comes into your home. Right. That's a totally different fucking story. Nobody needs a 12-clip automatic shotgun. Yeah, my dad dad has a shotgun. He had one even when we were a kid, and I knew where it was. But guess what? I knew not to fucking go near it. Because it's a gun. Exactly. It's, there's a big word that's been thrown around this whole podcast. Responsibility. All of this shit is happening because nobody wants to take responsibility for raising their kid, for teaching their children how to behave, for teaching their children how to insert themselves into society and teaching them to be a good human being. You know what I mean? It's just be a responsible parent. And as a child, be responsible. Human lives are worth everything. You know, you do not have the right to go and end somebody's life. And please be sure to know that video games are fake. All right? They are fake. 
Even with real actors, real people, real graphics, real guns, real cars, real anything, they're fake. All right? They're creative. They're playable movies. That's right. all they are. You know? Mikey, you okay? Michael's we were playing. He thought we were playing. <laughs> Mikey um, wanted to talk about gun control. So he came up on the, on the table with he's, us. He's on my notes, but I... Uh, Mikey the cat, my little... make sure the notes not be read. Yeah, but uh, actually, I remembered part of my notes, which is why I put the little my little switch on for responsibility. Because on that topic of being responsible, I know Zach had gone to see the Joker movie. Yes, let's talk about uh, or not. I don't think you went to see it. I haven't you gone haven't gone to see it. No, to see it. You have I, comments about it. I, have I apologize. Very, I, have I'm haven't slept comments. in. Yeah, it's been two weeks. I've been catching up with your Snapchats about your insomnia, and yeah. I'm truly sorry. I hope but you get a rest soon. One day. We're going to take a quick break. Let's hear from our sponsor. Hey, it's Colton. I'm here to talk to you about Hudson Valley CBD. Hudson Valley CBD is New York's favorite brand for lab tested quality CBD. They got topicals, tinctures, capsules, and it's all available with free shipping at hvcbd.com. I use them all the time. I go to the gym all the time. I do a lot of strenuous work. I'm walking back and forth through the city. Nothing helps take that pain away like the spearmint tincture. I'm actually using it right now, and it is delicious. They also got fantastic other flavors, too. So make sure you check them out. And if you do, you can use our promo code NERD. That's N-E-R-D for 20% off your order. That's the promo code NERD at HVCBD.com. But just before you dip into what you have to say about the movie... You said the Deadpool movie. You went to go see that, and it's as apparent if your child's like, I want to go see this rated R movie. No. It's your responsibility to fucking look at the movie and deem if it's okay for you to be taking your kid to go see. My dad has, in fact, taken me to see some rated R fucking movies. Right. Because I'm a, I'm, I'm a horror fanatic. I love right. horror movies. And that's where it comes in. That's where, you know, having a parent nearby is important. You know, I think that uh what what you're trying to say is that you know just having i love that the parents were there to basically be a guardian to the kid to cuz cuz you can go see a rated R movie with a person who's 17 or older yes and that's the whole reason that it exists so your dad can take you to go see you know Hellraiser 3 and watch people get you know puppeteered by their tendons uh <laughs> but the Joker movie is specific. So, if anybody who knows me from the years of 2009 to 2012, I'd like to sincerely apologize for Sorry, just how it. hard I stand the Joker. Um, you know, I we were talking a bit before the podcast uh, about how this character in recent years is kind of, I would say, post Heath Ledger's Joker in The Dark Knight has kind of been this icon icon sure but like in the in in like uh, in a bad way yeah i feel like it's uh people think a, he's a good icon but for he's not yeah a lot of people that uh kind of latch on to this idea of being this sort of agent of chaos and going going against the grain and kind of seeing being a monster who's quote unquote ahead of the curve Someone who knows all of the problems of society and thinks that they can, you know, fix things by eliminating a few key individuals or individuals at random. Uh, that was a movie. And a lot of people, uh, you know, 
after that came out, there's been more and more of these iterations of the Joker, particularly Jared Leto's Joker that recently happened in the Suicide Squad movie, as well as this new Joaquin Phoenix Joker, where it's kind of all based in... Uh, like, obviously the character has always been violent. The character is, you know, based in violence. He, uh, but this kind of attitude and this kind of representation of the characters, uh, kind of, I mean, this has been happening with people like, uh, like movies like Fight Club and like A Clockwork Orange and all these movies that people kind of latch on to that kind of bring out the worst parts of themselves. But you know the dark knight somebody came into a theater that was showing the dark knight and shot a bunch of people as well and they said that when you know he got he got put into jail he had dyed hair so he was trying to emulate like the joker and he said that he was inspired by these things and with the prevalence of mass shootings i think that there's been a uh, kind of this idea you've mentioned it earlier in the podcast that if oh if i go and i shoot somebody uh people will listen to what i have to say people will know me people will know that i was that person who did this great big thing and then it's true they get all the attention they want they get their names and faces plastered everywhere if they write a manifesto about how much they hate women and mostly this is white you know, suburban cis male. cis men shooters. Like I'd say, ninety eight percent. Oh yeah, I wouldn't imagine if it, I wouldn't even be surprised if it was higher. And it's always it's always like sex driven. It's all anger driven, and it's all or, race driven. It's all I mean, one of the three. It's only one of the three. Mm-hmm. Like all the time. Or you know, there's the lone wolf argument gets thrown out a lot. Yeah, the well, idea that like. Know. If someone gets, if someone's bullied or they don't have a or lot of the friends, outcast, yeah. they're an outcast, they're a loner, they don't have anybody to sit with at lunch. Like, this is the idea. And like, while I'm not trying to downplay that and the mental, you know, the effects that that can have on somebody, it's not an excuse. It's, it's not to say, oh, look at this poor sap, this poor person who couldn't catch a break, who couldn't get a date. Who, who killed 45 people. Who, you know, pumped rounds into his English teacher uh, and, you know, who robbed several families of their children. It's it's just not equatable. And I yeah. feel like this new Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix seems to be uh, there's this meme going around that's like, oh, we live in a society. And yeah. That's like the new Joker-esque idea. Oh, that's been like, around for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, V for Vendetta, like, these people that think that they're anonymous and that they're, like, going against the government and going against the grain. When they're not. They're posting memes on Reddit. Like, they're... They're, they're 4chan shit posters. It's, like, it's you not know. cool. And this new Joker movie, it has nothing to do with the comics. It has nothing to do with his original intended origin story. It's taking like a very, very minor piece of the character's supposed origin story, because even he doesn't know where he comes from, really. And they changed his name. This is like a name that he's never even been called by before. And it's presenting this character in this entirely new light. It's this kind of hyper-violent, regular person. There was, uh, obviously, the great Alan Moore writes in uh, The Killing Joke, which was... First comic book I ever read, seven years old. Probably should have had some supervision on that, but nope. <laughs> no, that's um, fine. 
but he said that everyone, you know, the the concept that I feel is getting thrown around a lot is that I'm gonna, I promise I'm going to start stop talking in a second, but the concept that keeps getting thrown out a lot is that everyone is just one bad day away from being this kind of person, this person yeah. that can commit these large scale atrocities. Yeah, it it reminds me of and I don't know if you guys remember there was a shooting and it was by a kid who was a, a loner and an outcast and they told him not him they told all the other students who survived the shooting well you should have been friends with him and this what wouldn't have happened okay look I, wanna... I like that's what i'm saying i don't know if you guys remember that but that was like a thing i don't remember where... that but that doesn't seem like an un like an unrealistic thing that would happen where th that's like what they were pa parents were like well what do we tell our kids to do you have been my kids with this guy? my kids don't want to go to school they're afraid someone yeah, else no and they were like well they should be friends with everybody and it's like okay so if i'm being bullied and i'm depressed and all of a sudden everybody wants to be my friend like no you're gonna feel even worse about it dude when i was in school like there were girls that came to ask me out on dares. Yep. Like, I got one of those, yeah. And Kid was paid to date me, and I'm still waiting on my share of the money. <laughs> Lewis, I'm coming for you. Like, fucking, if that was the... Like, if all of a sudden kids came out of nowhere and wanted to be my friend, my immediate th gut thought yeah. would have been, this is a fucking joke. Like, I, like, can 100% relate because and, I was literally, like, bullied. Like, I had kids coming up to me after school telling me to kill myself. And not only that, but imagine, like, I mean, we don't have to imagine being the kid sitting alone at lunch because we were all, we were all that, you know? So, but imagine, like, you're the in crowd in high school. You're looking at the kid who's sitting alone all at lunch. You are fucking terrified of this kid. Because of everything that's being said about the lone wolf at the school. You know, that the kid who's alone at school is the most likely to go shoot it up. I wouldn't, me personally, I wouldn't want to go and talk to somebody like that. No. No high school kid is going to go do that. You know, maybe just leave each other alone. You know, like, fucking I be was, respectful yeah. that other people are in the world. You know? I was raised on a saying of if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And that's something that I still try to live by. And I, I, I'm a shit talker. Like, we all know. But like, now you can tell. I can tell when you're shit talking and when you're, you know, actually, actually angry. angry. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. jokes. There is jokes behind everything that you say. Every terrible thing that you say to me, at least. But, like, <laughs> so... I would hope. Honestly, uh, I'm going to get in the car with Zach and talk about how much I hate you. Yeah, so probably. I'd be like, I'd be like, I, oh, I hate Colton. Outside of my house at all times. No, so, but like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I was raised on this. If you do not have anything nice to say, don't open your fucking mouth. Because you know what? Sure, maybe, and this is a maybe, maybe the kid is shooting up the school because y'all are fucking mean to him and calling yes. him names and you're all pushing him down, beating him up. But I would never sit there and be like, hey, like, you now have to be friends with every loner at this school because yeah, it's not only, fake. Do you see what and happened? I think do you see what happened to all worse. your friends? They all died because you guys didn't do that. That's yeah, what you're saying. That's, that's literally what these kids were told. And it's 
a little horrifying. Fucked. And that kind of behavior, you know, getting physically assaulted, verbally assaulted, getting, you know, abused emotionally, verbally, that kind of behavior can definitely, you know, cause these sorts of things. But at the same time, it's not nobody here, you know, nobody in these situations should take that kind of bullying as a crutch and as their excuse, no. as their as their their ticket, you know, their yeah. license to kill, if you will. I I've playing devil's advocate, if you will, where I understand that you can only take so much before you snap. Like in the comic, you know, mm-hmm. you're one bad day away from being this, and it is true. Yeah, it really after, is. You know, day after day after day, week week month month of bullied and tortured and everything that you do just want to turn around and hit a fucking kid, man. Yeah. You know what? I understand that. I don't think it's a. It means yeah, go up and go kill that kid that was bullying you. No, absolutely not. But I do from a certain point understand reaching a snapping point or a boiling point where you're mm-hmm. just like i can't do this anymore when i was younger i, I would just to... screech really loudly yeah, though it's an excuse to shoot anybody yeah i i mean there are I... outlets like yeah. video games yeah video games there, are we outlets. there we go there we did go. a full 360 brought it back yeah catharsis guys catharsis and that's why video games are important for this kind of thing because you can you can go and play resident evil and shoot some zombies and get the you know get the bad feelings out or you can go and progress and get that dopamine and feel good about yourself whereas you might otherwise not have any sort of other way to feel good exactly yeah i was gonna say i talked about in the kingdom hearts podcast but i would go home and i'd play kingdom hearts and i had axel to like look at or zexion to be like no these people are going through the same shit i'm going through where they're being told that they're terrible beings and not human and not real and you know horrible things that they were called and they're the good guys now you know i got to go home and play a video game and instead of it making me violent it made me who i am today it's why i'm still here like to even do a less deep thing like my fucking prom and graduation were ruined when i was in high school they were fucking ripped apart from me so i went home and i played call of duty all night the night before graduation do you know what i felt like when i came back i felt fucking great Cause I I went I I prestiged. Oh so, my god! <laughs> so I felt fucking great. I went on. I got to talk to all my friends. I got to talk to people that I loved. I told them all what happened, and they all like were there for me. Right. You know, people across this entire country, and like you know, it was amazing. It was fun. And yes, I was going around and killing thousands online. But right. let's put that highlight there online. You know, it's. Someone's gonna sound like this. I was going and killing thousands, <laughs> <laughs> which is why I talk fast. So <laughs> you can't sound by my shit. So someone's gonna figure. It they're out. gonna. They're gonna figure it out. Um, but like, I I felt great because you know it was like it was a way to relieve frustration. It was like it wasn't the fact that I was going online and killing people. It was going online to a game that I was good at and winning. Right. That's really yeah. all it was. And you also had, like, you know, your little community of, like, yeah. people. Like, I gotta say, I'm part of a Discord server. Mm. Honestly, everyone on there is super nice. And after a stressful day, they have a little personal thing. And, like, even then, like, you know, don't talk to strangers online. Well, I'm 24 and I'll do what I want. But also, right. they're all 
really nice and, you know, you have this group of people to fall back on. I didn't play a lot of online games growing up because we didn't have Wi-Fi, mostly, and or, you know, a long enough Ethernet port cable. But, like, you know, so I didn't have a lot of friends that I met through that. So, like, you know, but I had a lot of people I knew through uh, (laughs) Tumblr when it was good. Yikes. (laughs) So That's a throwback. Yeah, I had people to talk to on there, but that's it. You know, like, you could go and you can play this game and have this group of people being like, nah, man, we get you. You know? Even Vent it out. Shoot shoot it out on the game. On the game. Yes. Even now, like, I, I got back into, well, I've since recently fell off it again. I got back into playing RuneScape briefly, and I met, like, a whole Discord chat on there, and I still talk to them, even though we don't play anymore. And it's like, you meet friends online, and it's fun, and you go through video games. Video games have brought people together in a way that, you know, that social media can't. That even going out and talking to people can't, you know? Like, it's hard to look someone in the face and find someone to talk about. You know, like, there are people who have been best friends all their lives who have never met in person. Correct. Like, it's crazy. Some people just can't do that. But then on the flip side, if you're a parent and you notice your kid is obsessed with a game, if they're obsessed with a particular aspect of a game, even if it's a fun game, you know, like, even, well, talking from uh, being the obsessed kid, I used to play Sonic obsessively. Oh, yes, you did. I think Absolutely. that, to, to just before you say what you have to say. Yes, go. Show interest in what your kid is doing. Exactly. I My think mother that... can name all the Sonic the Hedgehog characters. It's horrifying. Which is great, because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if you show interest in what your kid is doing, they are, A, more likely to come to you because yeah. you're interested in the thing. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, if your kid is showing super interest in a shooting game, sure, you might be concerned, but try to show interest and understand what it is about that game that they're so connected with because maybe they will just tell you well no i'm just frustrated and it's nice to come and like let my frustration out by just you know wailing on some enemies right yeah you know and then hey i feel better after 20 minutes you never know be present in your kids lives and that's also something to listen if we we're nerds we're a nerd podcast if we've ensnared anybody's ears that you know i'm not trying to get up on a soapbox here but like if we've ensnared anybody who's you know going through a rough time if anybody don't doesn't feel like they have that kind of support that they need find us on twitter man find us on twitter yeah, introduce think we all us. plug our fucking social medias at the end of all this anyway yeah, yeah. we should actually make a uh, credits scene now that i think about it so this will be the first one that features credits yeah reach out <laughs> reach out to us and at the same time, if you don't want to do that, if we're just some strangers on the internet, reach out to somebody, anybody, talk to somebody. Uh, if you can, I know that it's a, a difficult thing for a lot of people. Uh, find somebody to talk to professionally. Okay. I can, in fact, say I do still have my Tumblr. Anon is on. You do not want to come forward. Yeah. I do have anonymous messaging. I will plug my Tumblr. A wild concept I didn't think I would say in right. 2019. Right. But and people are there for you, and we may just be strangers on the internet, but... We've all had our fair share of trauma. Of course. And you don't have to actually, like, physically tweet us either. You know, you can DM me. You could, I'm, I'm sure you could DM all either of us. you yeah, guys. Yeah, You don't have to make it public if you just need someone to talk to. Here we are. Yeah. My DMs right are here. open on don't everything, so. Don't let, you know, the 
everybody has their own unique struggle and nobody can know, you know, who we can't know exactly what other people are going through. But it's, we can do our best to help. It's not your choice to take that away from anybody because how are they supposed to reach their high score if you, you know, if you end their game End their game. That's I think that's a great place to, you know, to call it. And it's just it takes it's so important for one person to just reach out and, you know, ask, are you all right? You know, it, it just it takes one person caring is so valuable, you know, and, you know, play the games you want to play. But after you sign out, leave them at home. Exactly. Leave your games on the system and that's it. And no Hanzo mains in my classroom. <laughs> if we catch any of you guys flossing and or dabbing, um, you are banned from the podcast. Or playing Attack Hanzo. Uh, or Widowmaker. <laughs> Whoa, hold on a minute. I wasn't here for the Overwatch episode. I play Attack Widow, but I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. So, so well, we mentioned that. We said that, that there was... A, yeah. You know, if you impress me, I'll, I will give you a shot caller at the end of the game. <laughs> you know? yeah. Thanks. I'm, I'm in. The way, you know, that we have this podcast is to kind of end things on a, a lighter note of so course if, anything, if anybody's got anything got a nice um, sandwich that we made yes. in this podcast oh, of, of 100%. i can in fact tell a quick little light story a video game related yeah. story here of so me and my fiance um we've started playing quite a few games together I'm, oh fun um so we do we do have a minecraft server together on the playstation which colton please get ps plus again so we can play minecraft yes um but we play minecraft together and everyone you know is out there playing their violent video games and my fiance let me create an entire house and i just got to fill it with pigs oh so i have a pig house and um I just think, you know, everyone needs to do something a little light, a little happy with themselves. I think Animal Crossing. I don't know. Relax. Minecraft is kind of violent. You remember when I came over to your house and I dug a nine by, like a three by three tower just, of TNT I down to the for, center I of the earth? I with that. But I'm saying we were ending on a fun, light, airy note. Not, My other thing okay, is that... It was a fun, airy note because we, we dug that, we made that we tower inside creative. a pillager's towers. Yeah. Right. And we did it on creative. Everybody had fun. But, you know, like I said, we've been playing a lot of games together, so I was saying this earlier, we played Undertale, and we did the pacifist route, and uh, I'm not a crier, but your girl cried a little bit, because yeah. they uh, they hit you with some emotion. Yeah, I hear the Undertale is, is quite a time. Um, yeah, so I recommend that everybody play that. That's, yeah. that's my recommendation can, at the end of this podcast. I think that everyone should... Uh, if Matt Pat can give Undertale to the Pope, you can play it. Right. <laughs> so that's that's my end off on did, that. Did he, did the Pope have a reaction? The, no. Yes. The Pope uh, also got a surfboard. He, ex- he exercised it. He uh, in a nomine patria. Yeah. Spiritual that. I um, I also have a a nice fun one too. Um, my mother was actually a video gamer in her younger days. I love uh, your mom. Yeah, back when the Atari was the hot thing. Um, I still have her Atari sitting in this room, actually. Yeah, you've got so. a lot of systems just kind of lunking around. Hit me here. up, let's and, play uh, Pong. Absolutely. Right. And, uh, my mother was queen of Space Invaders. I love that. Um, ask, ask her about her time in Space Invaders. So, when, um, when I started taking an interest in Star Fox and games like that, my mom sat with me while I was playing them, and she's watching me play this game, and I hear her 
say, because I'm just in the game, and I just hear her say it off the side of my head, this is just Space Invaders. <laughs> <laughs> Let me try. <laughs> I love that. I love she beat that. the game in a single run. <laughs> oh, my God. Happy Carol. birthday, Carol. Happy birthday, Carol. Oh, my God. What a freaking legend. My chat. mother turned out to be one of the best Star Fox players I've ever seen in my goddamn life, and that's what I aspire to be for my children. I love that. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, play video games with your kids. Absolutely. We, uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's uh, at the Triforce Show. Um, yeah. So we just got that. Our Twitter is live, yeah. Yeah, yeah which is cool. That's a real thing. Follow and us on Instagram at the Triforce. We occasionally stream on Twitch at underscore. No, no at the, the underscore, underscore Triforce underscore. underscore. I Once again, I'm going to end. TM Limited I'm gonna, Esquire. Wait, I'm going to end every <laughs> podcast like this. No one can stop me. If you were the owner of the Triforce on Twitch, please just give it to us. It's been nine years. Anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Next week, a lighter note. Yes. As I have convinced everyone. Spooky. Yeah, I've I've convinced them to let us have a horror themed podcast. Oh, God. Spooky. You didn't have to do much selling on that. I am so excited. I have to go get Spoopy from his job. So he's got to be on our podcast. Spoopy, the the podcast skeleton, please. Absolutely. (laughs) See you guys (laughs) next time. Hey, thanks for listening. You can check us out at uh, the. Hey, thanks for listening. You can check us out on Twitter at The Triforce Show. Or you can check us out on Instagram at The Tri, that's T-R-Y, Force. And if you're interested in seeing our streams, you can check us out on Twitch, where we're at the underscore Triforce underscore. I know, right? And to the guy who has the Triforce, please, it's been nine years. Again. You can let it go. Uh, you can also check us out on Spotify and uh, iTunes. You can search my name, Colton Murray, or you can search the Triforce. Uh, it'll come up either way. You can find me on Twitter at Zach That Whip. That's at Z A C H That Whip. You can check me out on Twitter at Ono oh It's Rain. I'm also on Instagram at Ono oh It's Rain. You can check me out on Twitter at C Train Media, and you can also check me out on Instagram at the same title. And thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.